0: Well, thank you, uh, Judith, and thank you, Seth, for uh, reading Scripture so beautifully to us. Hey, I—you've um, probably gathered this—I'm really so pleased to be here today. And um, what a week as well—the week of prayer for Christian unity. Do you know Jesus has an enormous vision for His Church, and it is one Church. I thought uh, Deacon Ali had a lovely picture. Yes, we have the people in the sky, I don't know, maybe they're Anglicans. And then we have the people on the ground doing their stuff, maybe they're Methodists, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, What a picture. What a glorious diversity we have in our church, haven't we, which is totally amazing. And I today want to inspire us in this new year to greater followership of Jesus, given the promises in scripture of what it will bring to us. So easy to think, well, we're just a few people gathered here today or here, wherever we are. But we are, and I love your your vision and your statement of what this church is, a global Christian family following Jesus at the heart of London. And we are part of, yes, a global movement. A global movement of two billion Christians growing fast, standing firm against persecution, living out Christ's mandate to be Christ on earth together. It is a wonderful, wonderful picture. And of course, that is what we see in that last reading from John 17. You see, Christian union isn't about organization. I glory that I'm in Methodist Central Hall where the covenant between the Methodist Church and the uh, Anglican Church was signed by Her Majesty the Queen. But ultimately, church unity does not depend upon what the Methodist Conference or the General Synod of the Church of England believe. It depends on who Jesus, who Jesus says you are, who Jesus says we are. And in this amazing, amazing sermon, for prayer to God for his disciples, he says some such important things, doesn't he? Jesus promises that we will have the praise, that we will have the full measure of joy within us. He points out that we are not of the world, even as Jesus is not of this world. The core of that is that kind of Methodist idea of nonconformity. As in Romans 12, we do not conform to the ways of this world, sheepishly following them. We lead. We reshape this world in the image of Jesus Christ. That is its mandate. And we do so together, for Jesus prays in verse 21, that all of them, that is all believers, not Methodists or Congregationalists or Roman Catholics, all of them may be one. Father, he carries on, just as you are in me and I am in you, Isn't that an amazing truth? That Christ dwells in us in the power of his Spirit. And we, together, all believers, dwell in Christ. We are drawn into the heart of a relational Trinitarian Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Church of God. All are one. It is a theological reality that we are united. It is a missional reality. Earlier this week I was visiting one of our churches, um, Ruxley Church, on the outskirts of London, which is one of many local ecumenical partnerships, a Methodist church and an Anglican church, They had somebody, very sadly, went to be with the Lord recently. She said, I don't know who should take my funeral. I don't consider myself Anglican or Methodist. I consider myself part of Ruxley Church. Isn't that the vision of the the unity which we are seeing on the ground? And as an Anglican, actually as a Christian, I'm not really an Anglican, but don't tell the Church of England. Um, Do you know I rejoice in the legacy of Wesley? And as we redefine what it means to follow Jesus in this year ahead, it's his words that echo in in my ears. You know, I just look to the time when... Church of England numbers were declining. There was social change. There was ruthlessness. There was movements of populations. There was growing poverty and insecurity. I speak of the 18th century, but um, (laughs) it's a bit similar to today, isn't it, really, in some ways. And amidst all that decay and amidst all that desperation, suddenly the Spirit of God fell in these islands, and it fell because Wesley and others were relentless in following wholeheartedly what it meant to be holy and set apart for him. The last uh, three days, I've had the enormous privilege of being with Jackie Pullinger, who uh, went out to Hong Kong, who's still in Hong Kong after 55 years, but she came back to our church we had 25 churches from the Diocese of Guildford gathered to be trained in Holy Spirit ministry. And you know, I asked her, I interviewed her, I said, "What?" Well, she talked for even longer than I did in the interview. And she said, I said, why did you go out? Why did you sort of, you know, do this extraordinary thing at 21 of getting on a boat and going out and on your own and walking into the walled city in Kowloon where there was such danger? And she said, well, I became a Christian. And as I looked at this Bible, I couldn't see any... Oops. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) The church is falling apart. No, um, well, I don't need it anyway, because I've got this thing anyway. Um, In fact, I don't need the lectern. How about that? So she she said, I, you know, um, she said, I couldn't see, said Jackie, I couldn't see any point in being a half Christian. Does anybody here want to be a half Christian? It's really painful having one foot in the world and one foot in the church, worrying what people think half the time, not knowing if we can trust the promises of God. Life becomes full and meaningful and joyful when we stand full square, doesn't it? Full square in the church of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, making Jesus known to this world. A member of our church said, there's too many American Express Christians here. Other credit cards are available. And I said, what do you mean by that, Les? And he says, well, people come along, they say, yes, I'll follow Jesus, take my sins to the cross, amen. Uh, ticket to heaven, that'll do nicely. American Express folk, you know. You know, and we, we say to Jesus, you come into my life, you can sit over there in Lansford's chair, and, you know, if, if I get into trouble, I'll ask you for some help, but don't interfere, don't touch my money, don't touch my relationships, don't touch my career plans, you can bless them if you want. Can you imagine if you met some gorgeous girl or some gorgeous chap and you said, come into my life, sit over there and I'll talk to you if I get into trouble. Wouldn't go down too well, would it? But that is how half-hearted Christians sometimes sometimes serve. So it was Wesley, wasn't it, who said, catch on fire and people will come from miles to see you burn. And with due deference to your insurers here, my prayer for you is that you catch fire. Open us to the supernatural power of God. May the Spirit of God fall in this land as never before for 200 years. Secondly, there is a call to change this world, isn't there, one life at a time. To meet those human needs. To do, in Wesley's words again... All the good we can, by all the means we can, in all the ways we can, in all the places we can, to all the people we can, as long as we can. What a mission statement for life that is. And there is a call to make Jesus known. And it's great to see that Lansford has got his multicultural groups and his alpha groups. You know, just tell someone tomorrow. Our church caught fire yesterday and it was wonderful. <laughs> let us make this known. And let us give utterly of ourselves. We can do so with confidence. Because in this other scripture that we read, we see why, we see a clear promise. We see a clear promise that, um, at verse uh, 10... He who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food, if we give, if we give wholeheartedly and recklessly, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You, read this, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God is not a chartered accountant. I have nothing wrong, nothing against chartered accountants. I've married one. But, but his kingdom is limitless. As John Wimber said, uh, in my long experience of Christian ministry, God releases resources to those whom he can trust to release them into his kingdom. And the experience of generations of Christians is that you cannot outgive God. Of course, if we say, well, the stock market's off a few percent this year, and I'm not sure where bonds are going, I'm going to put money into God, there'll be a good return. I think God's quite bright and we'll probably see through that one. But if we say, I want to repay, I just I'm so overcome that the grace and the love of God pouring into my life, I just want to pour it out to others, then we will receive more of his grace and goodness. It is a virtuous circle as we individually and we as a community pour that out to the world. So my message is very much one of trust and try. Trust the premises of God. The promises of God are expressed. doesn't mean he'll make us rich in terms of money. He may do. Um, although if he does, there's a warning from Wesley again. He said, um, when a man, because there were no women in the 18th century, when a man becomes a Christian, he becomes industrious, trustworthy, and prosperous. Now, if that man, when he gets all he can get, does not give all he can, I have more hope for him than for Judas Iscariot. Wesley didn't mince his words, did he? But there is a absolute call. And it's wonderful that you give 15% of your giving to other causes. The call, you know, tithing is such a good place to start. 10% is such a good place to start. People say, can I get to heaven with 1%? Well, is that a fair response to the love of God in Christ? We don't want to be formulaic about this but we are called to give of our first fruits, to give joyfully, to give generously. What does that look like? Is it the first thing in our lives to glorify God with our gifts? We can do this with confidence because we know that God will pour more and more and more. We cannot outgive God. So trust his promises. And my word to you is remember L-M-A-S, Do you know what that stands for? Let's make Amma smile. (laughs) Send her an email today and say, I don't know if I can believe this, David Sr., but I can believe scripture. And I am going to give at a level which I never thought I would. And I will just see what happens because I've done this at lots of churches, and then I come back sometimes, and I have the chance if I behave myself and not get interviewed for too long or speak for too long. I come back and I say, has anybody been impoverished? You know, we've seen income go up by 20%, 30%, and there's just joy in the church. So say, I will try and do this. Secondly, if you don't give by standing order, if you don't give regularly, you need to do so, because we spend regularly. If if your employer said to you, oh, you know, I'll give you a donation every now and again, keep working hard, what would you think? I'll pass around the little thing with a little purple bag, what do you think? Money, you know, there's such wonderful plans for this church, I love your vision, but that means the money must come in every month. So if you don't give by standing order, start tomorrow. If you don't, you know, and it's a journey. So giving is a journey. What, have you taken your first step by, by giving your, starting your standing order? And then if you've been doing that for a while, have you stopped growing in Christ? Have you stopped growing in giving? It is time for your next step. So take your next step and increase to a level which will make even Amma delirious with joy, and will make Jesus smile. So, let me pray for you. And then let me (laughs) make sure we can sing our last hymn and get you home before your lunch incinerates in the oven. Father God, we want to thank you for your overwhelming generosity to us in Christ give us the faith to give generously in response release the resources that we need to build your kingdom here prosper this community financially in numbers in spiritual power light a fire in the heart in the heart of london in our hearts that once again this city and this land may burn with fervour for you. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.